it's the government is a bunch of bureaucrats and they're going to lose their jobs if we institute UBI. That's mm. okay. They're going to get $1,000 a month. <laughs> That's right. Right? They're going to yeah, find yeah. something that they can... I'm William. I'm Dave. Dave is my pastor. Willie is a hospice chaplain. And we've been friends for more than 20 years. We've had thousands of conversations about things that matter and things that don't. So now we're inviting you to join in. Each week we pull a topic out of the hopper and talk about it. This is the Hopper Podcast. Uh, hey, Willie. So here we're back. Yeah. Uh, another it's episode the of the Hopper. Yeah, here we go. And we had finished up a little discussion about redistribution last time. Yeah. Um, hey, I told a, a illustration in the sermon. Yeah. I want to tell it again. Okay. Uh, I saw one episode uh-huh. of Dangerous Jobs. Ever seen okay. that? Uh, Mike. Mike Rowe. Mike Rowe. Yeah, 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 yeah. He had dirty jobs, and those was dangerous jobs. It was okay. just years ago that I saw this episode. Yeah, uh-huh. This guy, I don't know what third world country he lived in. I don't remember. It's been yeah. years ago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he lived at the base of a volcano. Yeah. At the top of the volcano, uh, it was spewing sulfur. Mm-hmm. Liquid sulfur mm. gas was pouring out. Yeah, yeah. Um, he had to hike up this this volcano, this mountain. Yeah. Um, and he had baskets, two baskets on a pole. Yeah. And the, when the sulfur came down the mountain, it would solidify into big, you know, chunks, and he would break them up and put them in the baskets and carry them down. Yeah. And he did this because there was a guy who was buying the sulfur uh-huh. and shipping the sulfur. And then selling it to pharmaceutical companies to make medicines. Okay. Yeah, sulfur is important in a lot of medicines. Yeah. So this is where sulfur comes from. I didn't know this, but you know, there's a sulfur volcano, probably okay. several. But um, So this guy, uh, it's dangerous because you get up there, and if you get the slightest little breath of sulfur gas, you're dead. Yeah. Um, besides, you know, it's it's erupting all the time. So it's sure. spewing out liquid sulfur that would, sure. would hit you. Be oh, like, it's super dangerous. It would be like napalm on you. Yeah, right? burn right. you. So many people have, have either suffocated if from it gets the wet, sulfur. sulfur. If it's pure sulfur and it gets wet, then it, yeah, it's terrible. It's it's erupting as a liquid. Oh, it's man. splattering everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they have these pipes that they try to get right up near the, the mouth of the, the, the volcano and yeah. that would siphon it down where it can get cooled off and solidify yeah, into yeah, the yeah. chunks that they're going to carry down, yeah. you know, the, the solid sulfur. Yeah. Uh, and so they're always trying to reconstruct these pipes because they get yeah. clogged and stuff like that. And yeah. that's they're getting really close to a very dangerous place. Yeah. Okay. So they're risking their lives uh-huh. Uh-huh. to get sulfur. Yeah. This guy, he lived in a hut. Okay. That didn't have windows. Um, he was growing his own food in the yard. Yeah. And his lifelong dream was to be able to one day buy a refrigerator to, wow. to better uh, feed his family. Yeah. Yeah. And, of course, the guy who's buying the sulfur from him makes a very nice profit selling it to pharmaceutical companies who then make medicines. And and as I stated, that some of these medicines are hundreds and thousands of times um, their their value. Their their markup is so astronomical. Right. And so pharmaceutical companies are making lots and lots of money. Yeah. But this guy has to grow his own food. Right. This guy has a lifelong dream of getting a refrigerator. Uh, this guy is hiking a volcano twice a day with a big giant callus on his shoulder where the pole sits yeah. and risking his life yeah. so that uh, we can have medicines. And so this this is injustice. There's something wrong. There's, this, this is a broken system. Yeah, totally. Right? It's legal 
but yeah. it's not moral. Yeah. It's not moral for people to, in the very top of a, a pharmaceutical company, to live like an unbelievably wealthy king yeah. while this guy's doing that kind of work. Yeah. That's yeah. injustice. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Um, I think that a way of fighting that kind of thing mm-hmm. would be universal basic income. Yes. We said we're going to talk about this, so... Let's talk about it. Drop it. So, universal basic income. Um, it has exploded in popularity recently. Mm-hmm. Um, Andrew Yang's presidential campaign drew a lot of attention to universal basic income, but it is a lot older than that. Hmm. He is not the author of it by any stretch of the imagination. He just made it popular recently. It's the basic concept that everybody gets a check in the mail from the government, no questions asked, monthly or theoretically, I guess it could be weekly or yearly or whatever, but regularly. Monthly, let's just say monthly. Let's say monthly, yeah. yeah. And when people first think about that, it is intriguing at first, but it seems too good to be true. Mm-hmm. Um. But I want I, I I want to say that this is something that economists have been thinking about and that uh, theoreticians have been thinking about for a very long time, mm-hmm. and not everybody agrees with how good it is, but it is a viable thing that we need to consider. Mm-hmm. Let me give you a list of people that you probably have heard of who endorse um, uh, universal basic income, and. To, to give you an idea of where this is coming from, Thomas Paine in 1796, one of our founding fathers, wanted us to have universal basic income as part of the United States of America. We mm-hmm. didn't do that, obviously, but um, Martin Luther King Jr. very strongly said we should have universal basic income. Richard Nixon. Look, when you get Martin Luther King Jr. and Richard Nixon to agree on something, mm-hmm. you got something there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Milton Friedman, the Nobel Prize winning economist. Bernie Sanders. Mm-hmm. Again, Nixon and Bernie Sanders. Right. Okay. Stephen Hawking, Barack Obama, Warren Buffett, Bill Gates, Elon Musk, Mark Zuckerberg. All of these folks uh-huh. endorse. That's a, what can you get that group of people to agree on? Those are some deep thinkers yep. in, coming from various ways. Backgrounds. Of, backgrounds. Okay. They have all looked into this and said it's a good idea. Um, are you interested in hearing quotes from any of those? I guess. Why not? Pick a couple. Okay. Well, what did Obama say about it? Okay. Here's Barack Obama uh, in October 2016. He says this. The way I describe it is that because of automation, because of globalization, we're going to have to examine the social compact the same way we did in the early 19th century and then again during and after the Great Depression. The notion of a 40-hour work week, a minimum wage, child labor laws, etc. Those will have to be updated with these new realities. What is indisputable is that as AI gets further incorporated and society potentially gets wealthier, the link between production and distribution, uh, how much you work and how much you make, gets further and further attenuated. We'll be debating unconditional free money over the next 10 to 20 years. Mm-hmm. And then he went on to say that that's... that's this is how it's going. our society goes forward. Mm-hmm. What did Nixon say? I'll read that one. He's got a shorter one. Uh, Barack Obama's always very verbose. <laughs> <laughs> Nixon, in August of 1969, said this. What I'm proposing is that the federal government build a foundation under the income of every American family that cannot care for itself and wherever in America that family may live. Mm-hmm. A foundational income. 
Yeah. Is the way he called it. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, um, so this is not a crazy idea. This is something that, yeah. that people really, really thoughtful people yeah. think is a good idea. So I, yeah, I've, I've, I've heard of this before. Um, I've discussed it, this with you before. Yeah. Um, and, uh, when you first hear it, I think everyone thinks, how is this possible? Right. right? This is, yeah, the, where's this all, where's this money coming from? Where's, where's this money yeah. coming from? Yeah. Yeah. So let's get to that. that one of the, yeah. one of the things that I, um, hear a bunch immediately, especially in circles that I am in, we're in Kentucky, right? Is mm-hmm. that that sounds like socialism. Yeah. Giving out it's, free money to people. What is this? Communist? What is this? Communism? No. Which you know, it, for me to hear that, I would immediately say, "Well, you know what communism historically has been? Has been a regime change. It's been a bloody revolution that has not produced Marxist ideologies in their society." Right. 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 Um, and so, uh, just because something is a social program doesn't make it communist. Right. And vice versa. Yeah. That's right. Well, socialism is when the government puts limitations on private control of resources. Mm-hmm. That's the definition of socialism. In socialism, the government spends your money for you. You pay taxes, and the government decides how those taxes should be spent on roads, on police, on school, on military, on health care, on welfare, on whatever. Yeah. Okay. UBI, what I'm suggesting, universal basic income, is the opposite of socialism. The exact opposite of socialism. In UBI, UBI puts money in the hands of the people, and mm-hmm. people decide what to do with their money. UBI doesn't eliminate the socialist policies that we already have. It, mm-hmm. We may or we may not want to get rid of those. But as we'll see, it's going to allow us to eliminate a lot of those policies if we want to. And I certainly would mm-hmm. want to. Right. But UBI is not socialism. It's actually anti-socialism because yeah. it, uh, it will allow us to get the government out of spending our money for us. Right. Um, I think it's fantastic. Um, the thing is, UBI is not really conservative and it's not, pol- not liberal. <laughs> Andrew Yang, uh, running on this, he ran as a Democrat, but he failed miserably in his trying to get the Democratic nomination to be president, partly because he wasn't really a Democrat. On the other hand, he wasn't a, he wasn't a, a uh, you know, he's not a Republican for right. sure. Mm-hmm. Um, because his signature policy, the UBI, is not really liberal or conservative. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot like conservative. Let me show what it means. Like conservatives, UBI wants to empower people to take responsibility for their own lives. It encourages entrepreneurship, innovation. It weakens the government and strengthens ordinary people. Mm-hmm. Now, you might, you might immediately say, some people will immediately say, okay, but there's a ton of money going to the government. Well, that's technically true, but the government is just a distribution center. With UBI, the government makes no decisions. It's just a place to collect and distribute. Mm-hmm. That's it. And so UBI makes it really clear that, that to government officials that this money is not their money to spend right. on the way they want to. It right. is for people. So it weakens the government and empowers people to do what they think they should do with money without government interference, regulation, or oversight. Yeah. That is conservative. That's a conservative idea. Right. However, it's also kind of a liberal idea or progressive idea. UBI recognizes the inequality of our capitalist system. 
the rich keeps getting richer. This is what we've been talking about right, for a right. while now, right? The poor keeps getting poorer. And this is especially obvious when you notice new technologies. That's why when I read the Obama quote, he was talking about new technologies right. that are taking the jobs of a lot of the poor people. So you think about how Amazon and Walmart before that has gobbled up all the mom and pop stores all across our country. Right. What they've done, both of those companies, huge investment in technology, and with that investment in technology, they can save a ton of money. So before Walmart and Amazon, the profits of all of the towels that were sold in the country and the shovels and the soap and the books, those profits are distributed evenly throughout all the store owners, the managers, the workers in towns all across America. Now, all that profit from all those stores is going to just a few people right. who own Walmart and Amazon. Yep. It's the way of capitalism to grow into totally. conglomerates. Those conglomerates have power and control. Totally. They, can, they have more people that they've hired, and they can start to decrease their wages and, exactly. and demand more productivity, and there's less competition. Where else are you going to go? That's right. Yeah. So UBI comes along and says, wait a minute. That's not fair. The rich are getting richer off the backs of the poor. And so a lot of the uber-wealthy people are recognizing this, and that's why they are advocating for UBI, because they know their history. They know that uh, you keep going down this road, and there's a massive revolt coming, mm -hmm. for sure. And so the idea of redistributing um, profits like this, redistributing money, is a pretty, pretty um, progressive idea. Yeah. And so it is conservative, and it is progressive, but it's neither. Yeah. And yet, we've just had an episode trying to figure out and discuss ways that we can we can foster redistribution without a bunch of uh, corruption in our government, totally. right? without the government making new programs and policies and exactly. taking more taxes, right? So this is a way for the government to enforce redistribution of of uh, resources without. Uh, you know, government bureaucracies going, right. getting their grubby little hands on it. Right. Um, in most understandings of UBI, it would replace welfare programs. Right. 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 So Andrew Yang would say that you can, um, in, in his, the way he, he would envision it, he's not the only one, of course, to do this, but in his vision of it, you can, uh, someone who's on welfare now, if we institute UBI, you can pick, you can stay on welfare or you can get the UBI check. But oh, not both. Right, right. But not both, okay, right? Okay, okay. And so most people would drop their welfare programs in a heartbeat. I would think so. To get the cash. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in, in, in which case, UBI is, just, UBI is just regular old conservative capitalism where people's income starts above $0 a month. Yep. What are some of the suggestions for actual levels of income? Yeah. So and, and, uh, Yang suggests $1,000 a month. For everyone who's starting at age 18 uh -huh. until you die. And I like that. Citizen, every citizen, every whether citizen. They're, they're in households or not. Correct. Okay. Yeah, every citizen, 18 years old and older, uh -huh. gets $1,000 a month. I, he likes that level. I like that level, although I'm willing to listen to arguments, whatever. Sure. But, the, but, but that is. That, would, that could change. That could change. Right. $12,000 a year is not enough uh, to just relax on. That's that's a that's like poverty level, but it is a base level. Yeah. Oh, that could, that would be great. But it, it, it but it's enough that it would have a huge impact on people. Right. It would have a huge impact on people. So that's the, um, yeah. It's I I, I like that number a lot. Mm -hmm. But there are different people who have suggested different things. Yeah. 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 
So um, every time you say UBI, I think of a UTI. So um, oh yeah, <laughs> have you had many UTIs? I haven't. Have you? I have not. But in he- I work in healthcare, uh, you know, and so yeah. we do a lot with UTIs. And you drink a um, lot of cranberry but, juice, right? Yeah, a lot of cranberry yeah. juice and antibiotics and stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've never had a UTI, but I know it's a big, big deal. Yeah. So UBI, not UTI. UBI, sorry, yeah. Universal yeah. Basic Income. Okay, I'm with you. I'm yeah. just teasing you. Um, it is universal, it's unconditional, it's individual, so the money goes to individuals, it's regular, and it's a cash payment. And it's, and it's at a basic level. At a basic at, level. Yeah. The idea is to have a basic level of income. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so let me give you four advantages of it being universal. Yeah. We're going to give it to absolutely everybody, mm-hmm. and there are four advantages to that that I see. The yeah. first is... Everyone gets the same amount of money, even the wealthy. So Jeff Bezos gets $1,000 a month right. or whatever. Um, there's no cutoff, which means there's no resentment between those who get it and right. those who don't. Right. No star-bellied sneeches looking down on those with right. no stars. <laughs> right. No stars upon stars. Right, 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 right. Um, Yang does suggest, and I think this is probably a good idea, that we have an opt-in approach. Mm-hmm. So you're not required to take the money if you don't want it. You can turn it down if you want to, but I like the idea that everybody gets it because then there's not a stigma right? the way there is for what we call now welfare programs. Welfare, yeah. Yeah. Okay, secondly, I think it's good that it's universal because with everybody getting the same, it means um, that there's going to be a much larger advantage to it for the poor. Everyone right. gets exactly the same. Right. $1,000 a month when if that doubles your income... Mm-hmm. Holy smokes, that right. would be humongous. Right. But Jeff Bezos, $1,000 a month, yeah. he doesn't even, like, that's doesn't not care. even pocket change right. for right. him. Right. And so that's fine. That's fine. Um, third, I think uh, everybody getting the same means that you are never going to be penalized for working or making more money. Mm-hmm. Different from our current welfare system. Um, actually, this is a huge incentive to work. Right. Because in the, in some of our welfare programs, if you earn enough money, what happens? You're out. You're out. Yeah. You don't get the, the benefit anymore. That's right. And so there are people who are trying to thread these needles to, totally. to keep that benefit, but try to make a little extra. Yeah, or so try you're to hide cheating the yeah, system and whatever. what they're making. And yeah, it, it's... So you get someone who's, who's um, very, very poor. I'd say, think about like a homeless person. They get $1,000 a month, mm-hmm. and then they turn that... They, they're able to get a job... They get a place to stay so they can get a job. They move on, and then they start making uh, make, making uh, twelve thousand a year. Uh-huh. And then they do better, and so they're making twenty thousand, and then thirty thousand, and fifty thousand dollars a year. It never stops. It's yeah. universal, which means you never motivated to just quit where you are. Right. You're always motivated to make more money. That's good. And then finally, um, that it will help to bring equity. To the, because it's universal, it helps to bring equity to the economic disparity among races and gender. This is something. How do we? How do we, the difference in wealth and income between whites and blacks mm-hmm. and Hispanics and Asians and Native Americans? Oh my goodness, it's crazy. And so many of our economic systems, even our welfare programs are because they're designed by people and administered by people who are making decisions this way and that way, racism is just inherent in the system. Hmm. If we say everybody gets the same and it doesn't matter, that racism cannot exist there. Right. And the same thing with gender. 
The same thing with gender. Yeah, and and for those uh, listeners who don't think racism exists there, yeah. then you can say it <laughs> removes the excuse. Fair enough. Right? Okay, so nobody can, can no one can <laughs> complain about there being racism, and it's, it's just very straightforwardly not uh, based upon anything other than uh, being could a citizen, there, being okay. 18 years old. If yeah. we're making decisions, could there be a racist somewhere who is making a bad decision based on race? <laughs> yeah. yes. yes. And that yes. has happened in the past. Yes. I think it's a much bigger problem than just that. But I think everyone can agree. Right. That, and then this does not allow for there to be discrimination that way. Right. And I think that's wonderful. Okay. Um, then I've got two. There are two advantages that I can think of that because UBI would be unconditional. Okay, different from welfare, this is going to be super cheap to administer. Mm -hmm. All welfare bureaucracy, gone. Yeah. No more jumping through hoops, no more paperwork to fill out, no more red tape, no more deciding who's eligible, no more filing for an extension, Right. none of that. It's all gone. All that decision-making going all on. All the decision-making. Very social programs. It's yeah. gone. It is simple. Yeah. One, one of the few things that our government is good at, it's not good at much. <laughs> it's good. It's bad about everything. Yeah. One of the things that our government's good at is getting checks out. Yeah. And so it can do that. Right. Actually, super efficiently. It's the government is a bunch of bureaucrats and they're going to lose their jobs if we institute UBI. That's mm. okay. They're going to get $1,000 a month. <laughs> <laughs> Right. right, they're going to yeah, find yeah. something that they can they can do that's better than deciding which welfare mom is worthy yeah. of getting whatever. Right. Um, okay, so that I think is amazingly good. Mm -hmm. Secondly, there's an advantage to it being unconditional in this way. No matter um, what conditions you put on a government handout, the government is controlling someone else's behavior. Right. And that is demeaning, it is shameful, mm -hmm. and I don't want government controlling people's behavior. Right. Um, right. Controlling it and also, like we said, uh, promoting or providing incentive not to excel. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Provide, yeah there's incentive not to excel. Um, and so uh, Bernie Sanders... Um, that I think diagnoses our problem in our, in our country really, really well, but I don't like his solutions, mm -hmm. typically. He would say, we should give money to people to go to college. Andrew Yang said, no. Uh -huh. We should not give money to people to go to college. We should give money to people, and if they want to use it to go to college, they can, they yeah. can go to college. Right. If they want to use it to start a business, they can start a business if they want to use it to whatever. Pay rent, buy food. Pay rent, buy yep. food. They can decide. Right. Bernie Sanders' way is let the government decide what to do with right. the money. And UBI says, no, 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 no. The government is crap at that. Yeah. We don't want any more bureaucrats. No more bureaucrats. Making all these hoops or, and, and channels for us to, to function through. Yeah. 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 Um, what, what what do you think about this so far? Um, I like it. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Now, of course, there are some uh, questions that have to be answered that people will will bring up. Yeah. Um, Actually, okay, before you get... Uh, there's yeah. a couple questions. Before you get to that, let me just say, there's a, it has been tried a few places. Yeah, let's talk about that. Okay. Um, interestingly enough, 
In the United States, the place where it has been tried the most extensively is Alaska, hmm. a very red state. Mm-hmm. They've had, the state of Alaska has had an annual check, not monthly, but an annual check to every citizen of Alaska mm-hmm. based on oil prices because the government owns the oil. And so then based on oil prices, and so every year, if you live in Alaska, you get between 1000 and $2,000 a year, mm-hmm. um, no questions asked, it's UBI. Uh, it has basically wiped, there have been a ton of, of uh, uh, studies on this. Basically, there's no poverty in Alaska. Hmm. It has almost wiped out extreme poverty. Um, everybody there loves it. Economic study that it s- studies say that it has not influenced employment rates. You, did you just say it was $1,000 a year? Yeah. And that's wiped out poverty? Extreme poverty. Okay. There are still poor people, but, th- but yeah. extreme poverty... It's gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it has not influenced um, employment rates. Some people think, oh, well, the people aren't going to work people anymore. People aren't going to work, right. No, that has not right. been the case. Right. Um, it hasn't raised employment, but it hasn't lowered it either. But it has raised the number of kids that people have. Okay. And everybody loves it. Mm-hmm. Everybody loves it. It's a very red state, very conservative state. Yeah. And everybody loves the UBI. Another um, place that we've tried it is in North Carolina. Since 1997, the Eastern Band of the Cherokee Indians Casino gives a check to every tribal member mm-hmm. from the casino. And it's once per year. That check for them is between four and five, six thousand $6,000 each year. Okay. Okay. And then there have been tons of studies on it. It's been happening since 1997. Economists say it also has not affected employment, but it has had a demonstrable um, effect, a measurable effect, mm-hmm. positive effect on education, mm-hmm. on mental health, and it has uh, demonstrably decreased addiction and crime uh-huh. in those communities. And you can understand why. Right. Absolutely. There have been a lot of trials of UBI in small areas for short times. Uh, lots of people are trying this. The thing is, it's pretty expensive mm. unless everyone is going to do it. The, yeah. the, the, the more universal it is, the easier it is. If you do it for a very small group of people, then it tends to be really expensive because you right. don't... Anyway. Um, and so lots of people are trying it in small areas. I think that that doesn't make a whole lot of sense, right. especially if it's for short term. You say, okay, we're going to give you $500 a month for the next two years. Well, you're not really going to change your behavior because you know this is only for two years. It's limited. It's So I don't see that that's a, actually a helpful experiment, but lots of people are doing that sort of thing. Um, it's being, um, programs like that are being started in Brazil. There's a couple going on in Brazil right now, mm-hmm. and also Finland and Germany and Spain and the Netherlands. Um, Iran actually started a substantial UBI in 2011. People loved it in Iran. Um, but people um, got the idea that it was disincentivizing work even though researchers found actually people were working more mm-hmm. with the UBI, but so everyone got they, the impression. They felt like they were actually going to get ahead for once. Right. I mean, yeah, I can see why that would incentivize people to work. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's paying a big chunk of, of monthly expense. Totally. And you can start saving money. And, yeah. yeah. I think it, it would definitely incentivize people to work. So people thought that it was de-incentivizing work. Mm-hmm. And so based on political pressure that way, the government scaled it way back mm-hmm. um, shortly after it started. And uh, it's still going, but it's at a much lower rate. And uh-huh. so it's not as helpful. Uh, but there are currently experiments going on in Kenya and Namibia and India and China and Japan because so many, I mean, 
theoretically, it's such a great idea, but no one, no country has actually adopted this. So is it going to work? Yeah. We don't know. Right. What questions do you have about this? Well, that was definitely one of them, right? Uh, where has this been done? Yeah. What, what data do we have to show that, that this would yeah. function well? Uh-huh. Uh, how much money uh, in, is in the welfare system that we would be saving or putting toward this? Uh, that's a question. Uh, and if, and if uh, according to Andrew, if you can opt in or you, can, you could stay on welfare, then there, I guess it's just to have a transition period or something? Because, I mean... We'd need to, to make sure we, oh, the, we take that money to put to the program. Yeah, so opt-in. When you say opt-in, you're opting in to UBI. Mm-hmm. And with welfare, you can choose either to get our current welfare programs or to get UBI. Yeah, so I'm saying I don't think we could do both. I think we'd need to take the money from welfare and incorporate it into UBI. Yeah, yeah. And I think that would be much better for, for everyone. For everybody, yeah. Uh, and a great welfare reform. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yes. Uh, so, uh, but of course the, the question is, how do we pay for this? Okay. Right. So how do we pay for it is one humongous question. The other question that most people have, and you kind of already addressed this a little bit mm-hmm. is, 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 isn't this going to make it so that people don't work? Right. So if someone wants to hang out and use drugs and we're going to give them money and exactly. they're just going to hang out and Play use drugs. Play video games, smoke weed, and uh-huh. just sit on the, in their parents' basement all day. Order pizza and just... That's yeah. it. Um, and so, you know what? Those are two <clears throat> legitimate questions yeah. that I think have really good answers, but they're, I want to address them long enough that we should probably take a break. Okay. Can we answer those in the next episode? Uh, those yeah. are going to be... Those Let's are really do good. that. Next episode, we're going to answer those two questions, and I'm excited to talk about that. Sounds good. Hey, this is William with the Hopper Podcast. If you're too conservative to be a liberal and too progressive to be a conservative, have we got news for you. We've broken free from the cultural and political narratives that dominate the landscape, and there are more of us than you might realize. Let's grow the Hopper Podcast. Find your favorite episode. Click the share button to share it on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Thanks a bunch. Dave, have you heard of this new movement called Birds Aren't Real? Birds Aren't Real. Never heard this at all. This phrase. Okay. Okay. Uh, There is a growing movement Mm -hmm. of young people, like college age, Uh even high school age. Um, Ask your kids. Birds aren't real. All right. And what it is, is uh, one guy decided that all these protests um, about crazy stuff that is not based in science, not based right. in reality. Like the flat earth. The flat earth right. stuff, the QAnon stuff. Uh-huh. He was like, actually, it's kind of funny. I want to kind of create my own. And so he joined one of these protest movements mm-hmm. by himself in um, uh, Memphis. Yeah. And he made a sign... And he just th- put on the first thing he thought of, which is birds aren't real. And then as and so he carried this sign with the group as they're protesting, whatever it was that they were protesting, some wacko, whatever. Uh-huh. And he thought it was hilarious. And I understand that kind of humor. Yep. Yep. And when people questioned him about it, what does your sign mean? Birds aren't real. He hadn't thought about that. He hadn't thought that far enough. But he said, G- birds are a government conspiracy. It just kind of came out of his mouth. <laughs> Birds are a government conspiracy. So then they said, well, so what do you mean? And so he has, this was, I don't know when it was, a long time ago, a, a year or two years ago, something like that. And 
Um, since then, he has created a whole narrative and gotten a ton of attention. And so the, it's a fake conspiracy. Birds aren't real. Uh-huh. Now, everybody knows that it's a fake conspiracy, but it is growing and growing and growing. The conspiracy is that the government has replaced birds, starting in the 1970s, mm-hmm. replaced birds with drones Okay. that are spying on us. Yes, robotic birds. And so when you see birds sitting on power lines, mm-hmm. they're recharging. Interesting. Yes. Mm. And so there's a, there's a whole thing about these birds yes. aren't real, mm-hmm. and so... Uh, there are there have been many dozens of large protests in universities and colleges mm. all across the country uh-huh. this year, right? And it's growing and growing and growing. They're getting on the news. They're going. I actually heard about it from the New York Times that that this <laughs> protest movement birds aren't real. Yeah, but everyone uh, knows it's a joke. But everybody knows it's a joke. But the people who are espousing it, they don't break character. Yeah, <laughs> they don't. Yeah, this is like Stephen yeah. Colbert doing his, uh, not what he's doing now, but what he did. Uh, you know, the the Colbert Report. Mm-hmm. You remember that? And like yeah. he would, ne- he would, he went to Congress and reported to Congress, spoke before Congress, uh, in his character. Yeah. Okay. And they're doing the same sort of thing. They're like, you know, this is a government conspiracy and, and they're spying on us. And, you know, some people have birds as pets and they're actually drones. They're not real. And uh, it's, it's absolutely fascinating. Yeah. Well, you know, for for years now, I've said that this whole flat earth resurgence has yeah. probably started as a joke. Someone tried to see if they could make this happen. And uh, and I still I, I just have a hard time believing that that folks really believe this. Yeah, you know. Well, I think that's the whole point here. Yeah, is to is, kind of is to mock poke that. fun yeah. of that, and because it is, I think what they're saying is it's just as ridiculous. It's so easy to make a conspiracy yeah. theory. It's just too easy to get support for any dumb idea. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But there are billboards all across the country on highways. Um, you can go and buy tons of merchandise. There are mm-hmm. many different websites. It's taken on a life of its own. Right. Like you have this one guy, and he's tried to capitalize on it, which I think he's done a pretty decent job with. It started in Memphis, but it's all over the country, and young people have really latched onto it. Apparently, I'm not on TikTok, but apparently it's all over TikTok and Reddit and Instagram. These are places I don't, I have no right. interest in going. Right. Um, but anyway, birds aren't real. Well. Fascinating. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the Hopper Podcast. Let's keep the conversation going about things that matter and things that don't. Write us at thehopperpodcast at gmail.com or record a short voice memo on your phone and send it to thehopperpodcast at gmail.com. Join us next time when we'll discuss the health benefits to corn dogs. Are there any? Oh, sure there are. I'm sure somebody needs to listen to that show. Be a pal. Share the Hopper goodness with them. Send them a link. And if they still don't listen, go to the animal shelter, get a kitten, and put it in their house. Okay. (laughs) Be sure to subscribe or follow. Special thanks this week. Go to our conspiracy theorist, Nadia Bellimia. Nadia Bellimi? Oh, it's Bellimi. Yeah, you need to learn her name. Nadia, Nadia Bellimi. Thank you, Nadia. Bellimi. Nadia Bellimi. Nadia Bellimi. Our conspiracy theorist. It's nothing about bulimia. <laughs> <laughs> we should just do that one over.